Hey everyone, this is Mike the General Zod here at Below the Belt Show and I am here at Shore Leave in Hunt Valley with a Hollywood legend whose um, career spans nearly five decades. Yes, I think that's right, sadly. <laughs> Not so sadly because you, you know, looking through you have an amazing curriculum, CV, curriculum vitae as, mm -hmm. it, as it will, but this is Robert Picardo. Perhaps, uh, perhaps most prominently known for uh, Star Trek Voyager, but has a long, long list of credits and work that he's done. So, first of all, thank you so much. Thank you, General Zod. May I call you Jen? Of course. No, I'll call you Mike. All right. Uh, <laughs> thank you very much for the warm introduction. I've, I have been around a long time. I think I turned professional as an actor in uh, the in February of the bicentennial year, so 1976. In January, February, I joined uh, the Actors' Equity Association, which is the theater um, mm -hmm. union. And then I believe it was later that same year that I joined SAG when I was guest star on a Kojak episode. So yes, so I've been uh, I've been a professional actor now for into five decades. Yes. And also, amazing sartorial choice with your hat, as I can attest to. Thank you very much. Yes, when you're a bald man and you've yes. got a lot of overhead lighting at a convention, I've learned long ago to try to wear a hat. Uh, this is one of my favorites, bought at a Star Trek convention in Italy. Oh. Uh, in Rimini. Rimini is the town where Fellini shot eight and a half. <laughs> oh, wow. So just wow. if you're a hat lover, I went uh, and, and I had this exact hat. I lost it at a charity event once, a charity appearance, and then I had to go all the way back to Italy and to Rimini to buy the same hat again. So <laughs> that's commitment. That is commitment. That that shows how high quality that can and be. How much I love this hat. I bought it in black and brown. So if you have me back on the show, I'll wear brown next time. Of course, time. of course. And and I'll wear a different color hat as well. Yeah, it'd be better that way. They'll know it's a different day. Yeah, of course. And I'll do I'll do you a favor by looking even older when I come back. <laughs> So, uh, what can you tell me about your, um, I guess, uh, being here at Shore Leave, what can you tell me about your con experience? Uh, Shore Leave is a very unique convention. I'm sure you hear that from other people you interview. It is a fan-run convention. There's a tremendous um, warmth and ease here. Uh, it's always in the same hotel, as far as I know. I think I came to my first one in the late 90s when Voyager was in its first run. Mm -hmm. uh, I came to uh, with Jason Momoa when we were both on <laughs> Stargate. Uh, his career has gone in the toilet since then, of Absolutely. course. Absolutely. Um, he's a lovely man, Jason. Uh, I The last time I was here was about six years ago, but the time I think I remember most would have been the time when Jason and I were both here in the early 2000s because I have a, 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 a relative, a, a my cousin's grandson, who was a uh, battling brain cancer at four years old, and the convention uh, raised money and and gave a check to that family, and I was very touched by that. My, in fact, they came down with the young man and all that because, mm -hmm. and it was entirely spontaneous. It was the, it was the, uh, it was the idea of the organizers when they heard about this, mm -hmm. to uh, to uh, dedicate the money uh, to his family and his recovery, and I've never forgotten that. So this place can do no wrong. It's fine. And the organizer, Don, terrific guy. And uh, so it's a, it's a wonderful place to come. I, some of my colleagues from both Stargate and Star Trek and the Orville, because I'm a multi-franchise guy. Yes, you are. Had Robbie McNeil 
from Star Trek, Penny Johnson Gerald from both Star Trek and the Orville, mm -hmm. and my friends Claudia Black and Ben Browder from Stargate along with um, uh, Elena uh, Huffman. Mm -hmm. So really some wonderful, warm uh, actors as well to re have reunion with. So I had a great time. In short, I had a great time. I just didn't have enough time to sit at the bar and have people buy me drinks. That's my only regret. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still working. And I'm sure uh, that that bar tab that you're you're you would be setting up for a lot of other people would uh, would really add up, huh? I'm sh well. I'm, I'm, I mean, I don't drink more than the than the average uh, lush. No, I mean, oh, I think of course I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, since you are a multi-franchise guy, which one do you think uh, which one do you think is closest to your heart? It's hard. It's hard to say. I mean, I guess I'd have Star Trek has been very good to me. Mm -hmm. I did the most hours of storytelling with Star Trek, so I would have to say uh, Star Trek has been the most important, uh, the signature credit of my mm -hmm. acting career. And I love the fact this applies really to Stargate as well, and all science fiction. That people rewatch the work; it remains evergreen in the sense that new generations of people. Mm -hmm. discover the show right. they, maybe they watch one of the new Star Trek shows and then they go back and, and watch the whole catalog and that's really a nice feeling to know that there are young people who weren't even born when Voyager premiered or even went off the air who, st who have just watched it all um, so Star Trek may have been the uh, the biggest contribution to my career but Stargate was pure fun First of all, I didn't have to audition for it. That's great. <laughs> was that was that a first? Uh, no, I mean, there, I've been offered jobs, but that was the best job. I it grew into the best job that I've ever just been handed without auditioning. So you know who you are, Stargate producers. Thank you again. Real Joe Malazzi, Paul Muley, uh, Brad Wright, Robert Cooper. Stargate was just pure fun for me. Uh, I didn't have to earn the job. Uh, and the other great thing is. I was allowed to ad-lib. If I thought of a funny line once we shot the script as written, if I had an idea, they, uh, can I? Can we do it again and I'll do a different line? They went, sure, great, yeah, why not? We're in Star Trek, it's like, no, are you kidding? <laughs> it's like, uh, I, I've often said that uh, it, you can be spontaneous on Stargate. It's fine to be spontaneous on Star Trek as long as you're spontaneous five days in advance. <laughs> Just call on the phone five days before and say, what do you think of this line? And then if they like it, they won't say anything. Mm -hmm. It'll show up in the rewrites. Okay. So it's a different... But I understand they have to protect the notion that Star Trek is set in the distant future. Stargate was a secret military operation, and even though it was a sci-fi show, it was set in the present. So you could be much more colloquial in language. Gotcha. Much more, uh, much more grounded, uh, grounded in terms of scripts and everything. Right, and also you could just say, you could make a, a, a contemporary reference to culture okay. that you really can't in Star Trek, obviously. Of course, of course. Which is why, you know, and I'm back in Baltimore where I hear the Baltimore accent, accent which is similar to the Philadelphia accent where I grew up. So I was joking on stage yesterday if all of, if all of Voyager, the whole Voyager cast had come from Philly. You know what that would sound like? Hey, please state the nature of the medical emergency. Oh, Captain, Captain, no, we got a... We have a red alert, Captain. Uh, I don't think we have, uh, you know, uh, Neelix called from sick, uh, from the, uh, we don't have no more water. No more water, no. Uh, wait, wait, oh, uh, no, I'm sorry. 
the faucet went back on. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you, Neelix. Thanks for letting us know. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, one, the one thing I would say that's a little different about the Baltimore accent, you don't say water, you say water. Water, water. <laughs> oh, that's even tougher. Yeah. I remember growing up saying gasoline. I thought ga- I thought gasoline had a Z in it, or maybe two <laughs> Zs, possibly three. Gasoline, water, W-U-D-D-E-R, uh-huh. and a Coke. Coke. A Coke yeah. is a is this Coke Coke A U W K I guess C A U W K Coke. Yeah, you can use it to drink or to seal your bathroom. Yeah. um, So, let's talk about the, um, um, would you, I'm I'm assuming, like, there's been talk about, like, you know, you coming back to your character in Star Trek, like, with the Lower Decks or anything? talk in both Star Trek and Stargate of the possibility. Nothing definite, let me make that clear. Uh, Stargate looks like it may uh, get a reboot. Okay. So, I've heard some talk about that. Uh, Star Trek, the talk is only that with the success of all the legacy actors coming back to Star Trek Picard Mm -hmm. from Next Generation, and of course my colleague from Voyager, Jerry Ryan, the last season was spectacular on Picard, Right. well deserving of the praise and the uh, Emmy campaign. Mm -hmm. Uh, Terry Metalis, who's the showrunner, did a great job, and he's our old friend. He was Brandon Braga's assistant on Voyager in his 20s. (laughs) So he did a really masterful job in tying all the ends together. Um, But, you know, we now have a writer's strike, so uh, nothing is happening anywhere, and there's no talk of anything other than the fans calling out for a possible Star Trek legacy. I I believe that uh, the franchise has also announced officially another show, um, Starfleet Academy. Okay. So uh, I believe that was in development before the plug, well not was pulled, but before life stopped with the writer's strike. Right. So what will happen, I don't know, but I do think it's a good sign. Mm That the that the appearance of all the legacy actors on Picard was such a hit with the fan that it's possible that they will in the future maybe reach out to some of the rest of us. Okay, and um, I mean, is there anything? Uh, do you have any other thoughts about the writer strike or maybe the impending Screen I Actors Guild there. one? Uh, obviously, the uh, the agreement we have predates uh, streaming platforms mm-hmm. or the very uh, yeah, as far as I know, it predates it. So. The residual agreement uh, was never adjusted to accommodate the transformation in the, uh, you know, in the in the marketplace. Um, so I, I think that it, the writers, there's, there's, you know, you, the story comes first. The writers totally deserve to be more equitably treated. It's, it's really, it's happened in the acting industry, but perhaps worse to writers, that it's very hard to be just a regular working middle class, right. you know, to be able to count on the fact that, you know, you can pay your rent or mm-hmm. pay your mortgage. Um, so uh, I, I hope the, the writers get the uh, agreement they deserve. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know, uh, I don't live in LA anymore, so uh, this is the first time I haven't been able to participate the way I would have the, way, right. the last writer's strike where I marched mm-hmm. and I regret that um, and depending on how long it goes on I may have the opportunity to do it in the near future when I'm uh, by traveling down by being able to travel down once right. my theater commitment is over mm-hmm. um, and uh, 
and I just hope the writers uh, get treated equitably by the studios. Uh, I think there's pos there's some positive signs in the writers' negotiations. The first positive sign is that there there are talks being held, but uh, hopefully the writers' strike, uh, the actor strike, can be averted. Okay. But if it isn't, then we will march together. Right. Um, right. And uh, so. Uh, because the you know it's time to catch up with the changes in the marketplace and treat the creators equitably. Oh, fantastic, well said. And now let's uh, pivoting to you were talking about your I'm theater. I have to I have to go in a, in a couple more minutes. So okay, okay. So so um, actually, um, let me talk about your greatest the greatest work of your entire acting oeuvre, and that is Chad and the and the Alien Toupee. <laughs> yes, and that is something you did with Carrie Anderson. Yes, Carrie Anderson, who I had a drink at uh, last night at the yes. bar, who lives locally. Yes, uh, uh, Carrie, I believe, wrote that script. Yeah, I also did another thing called Extra School, where Carrie directed it. Uh huh. He's a, a wonderful guy, and both scripts are clever and a little crazy. Mm -hmm. I believe my colleague from Star Trek, Tim Russ, yes. is in Chad and the Alien Toupee. Uh, it, it was a, uh, I believe I wore my own toupee in that. I think it might have been, I'll have to recheck the footage. It could be the Gremlins 2 toupee, <laughs> which lives on, by the way. I have an official YouTube channel called the Robert Picardo official channel. And, uh, and I do wear the Gremlins two wig, playing a character known as Alfonso, the world's most obnoxious man, <laughs> slash world's oldest gigolo. Highly recommended. He gives advice on your sex life, which I urge you to ignore. <laughs> <laughs> that is fantastic. Well, Robert, thank you so much for the uh, for the time that you, know, you gave to us today because this is a wonderful interview. And if possible, could you uh, could you possibly give a plug for Below the Belt show? Just introduce Below yourself. The belt. Uh, Below the Belt uh, do, is General Zog in the title. General Zod. Well, no, I'm Zod. not not Zod. in the I'm not in the title. It's more his baby as okay. Al Soto's. All right. But so uh, is it be Below the Belt. Below show. the Belt show. It's not a porn show. Right? Not usually, no. Not usually. <laughs> no, it's really, it's not. <laughs> hard. Oh, okay. Below the belt. And you're, um, and you're listening to. Yes. Hello. All right. Hello, I'm Robert Picardo from Star Trek Voyager, Stargate Atlantis, and not yet the Star Wars franchise, telling you that you are listening to Below the Belt. Thank you so much. I do have one question. Mm -hmm. What's up with the Voyager documentary? I saw it on IMDb. Um, uh, it's going to be great. Uh, yes. They, it, 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 they're, it's going to take a while to complete. I think they have to raise, but I think it's going to be feature quality. Oh, nice. Yeah. We well, can't wait to see it. Yes, absolutely. All right. Thank you so Thank much. You guys, we're here with director and actor extraordinaire Robert Duncan McNeil here at this amazing fan-run convention. The amazing shore leave. Uh, yeah, it's a great show. It's an awesome yeah. convention. I love that it's big enough that it feels exciting, gives you great energy, but it's not so big that you get lost in it. You know, everybody can Absolutely. talk. You can connect. It's really fun. Yeah. Really, really fun. And you're here reunited one of your uh, co-stars from uh -huh. Star Trek Voyager, Robert Picardo. Yeah. What was it like reuniting with your former co-star? It's great. Well, Bob and I stay in touch. We talk all the time. So. Yeah. 
there's no new surprises for me. But we don't often get on stage together to do panels, and that's fun because yeah. we we uh, both have the same sense of humor and we have a good time. So it's been great to see him. That's fantastic. And there's other actors here. Uh, Aaron Douglas, who's here, I've worked with a couple of times. Uh, Penny Johnson, I worked with him, directed the Orville. That's what I was going to ask, yeah, yeah, because you directed Orville, you've directed a million little things, and Grace yeah, Park was a right. part of that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, uh, so you're, you're pretty much reuniting with people who've already a worked lot with. Of people, yeah. yeah, and Bo, uh, Bo Browder was uh, was on Chuck, a show that I directed and produced. So. Wow. Yeah, I, there's a lot of uh, reu reunions happening here. Those reunions are awesome. Speaking of reunions, yeah. I saw on your IMDb there is some kind of Voyager documentary. There's is, a Voyager documentary. Yeah, what can you tell they've us about it? They've been yeah. working on it for a few years. Yeah. I know there was a, I think it set a record for uh, Kickstarter or crowdfunding. Yeah. It's the most money ever given by fans for any um, crowdfunded project. So it's yeah. it's got a lot of support. I know they want to do it right, and so they've taken a little more time than I think people were hoping. Yeah. But I hear it's in good shape, and it's going to be great. When we, oh, we can't when wait we to see it. it. Speaking of office of reunions, uh, we saw in Picard a reunion of the Star Trek Next Generation cast. Has there been any talks about a Voyager, something similar to Voyager? Yeah. Uh, well, um, not specifically, but I have heard from some people that work in the, uh, the you know the leadership of, of Star Trek these days that they they have real specific plans for all the former cast members, and I know that they've they've not used uh, you know Harry Kim or Tom Paris much, okay. or so I think they're holding back. Because there may be a plan to yeah. do something with the cast more specific instead of just throwing us into lots of these current shows. So I hope so. And you'd be I'd, on board. I'd be totally on board, yeah. That is fantastic. Because in, in a way, you kind of did with uh, Lower Decks, right? Yeah. Reprising your character for yeah. Lower Decks, right? Yeah. yeah, Lower Decks was a blast, yeah. I've got a... Uh, <laughs> Got a picture right here, yeah. Lower Decks. Nice. That's my new headshot. Nice. <laughs> now, was the transition from actor to director uh, uh, something that was easy for you or gradual? And, and where did the interest lie from going from in front of the camera to behind the camera? Well, for me, it started... Well, I've always been interested in, in kind of directing and producing both yeah. those things. Uh, when I was in high school, I started a theater company that I produced the shows. We ended up having a professional little mini company of actors. We did some shows in Atlanta where I grew up. So I've always been sort of entrepreneurial and I like producing. I produced a play in New York before Star Trek, the off-Broadway play. Um, yeah, I, I've always enjoyed being behind the scenes and, and uh, you know, helping projects to get made. So, yeah, it was a very natural transition for me when I started directing and producing, and nice. I, I really enjoy it. Yeah. So one of the more recent uh, projects you worked on and, and uh, directed was True Lies, oh, uh, yeah. the, the, I guess the reboot uh, series. Well, how was your experience on that? Directing? True Lies is great. I, it, unfortunately, it got canceled after one season, yeah. <laughs> but um, Matt Nix was the creator. He uh, comes from Burn Notice. He created Burn Notice. 
and I've worked with Matt before. We did a X-Men show called The Gifted. That Love I, The Gifted. Yeah, The Gifted. Oh I produced the second season of that was was me, but um, but The Gifted was great with Matt, and we've worked together a couple times, and I love doing True Lies. It was, you know, a great homage to the spirit of the movie, and uh, I love shooting action and chase scenes, things like that, so I got to do some fun action in it. I always thought The Gifted would have performed better on a streaming platform. What, what are your thoughts on that? I think so, too. Yeah. I and think so, too. could have gone a little more darker, a little more gritty. Yeah. Um, has, has there been any talks about um, reuniting the cast of The Gifted for anything? I don't think so. I don't think, you know, there's been a lot of... Uh, changeover in terms of corporate ownership and right. uh, 20th Century Fox had the rights when The Gifted first got developed and made and now Disney owns everything so it's true. I, I don't think The Gifted, because of that big switch I don't think there'll be any more The Gifted but I'm sure there'll be more X-Men, <laughs> I have no doubt They're coming in the MCU, aren't they? Yes. yes. You might be getting that call, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> That'd be great. Now is there any other dream projects you'd love to direct that you haven't directed yet? Um, dream projects. Um, boy, I don't know. I love The Handmaid's Tale. I'm a huge. Yes. I would love to work on The Handmaid's Tale. I think it's beautifully written and directed, and and it's a real director's kind of show because of the visual style. And, um, I don't know. I just every project has its own, you know. Uh, exciting opportunities. So whatever it is, whatever it is, and whatever. hopefully even MCU when the mutants are calling. Yes, they're gonna call the expert from the gifted exactly. to helm an X Men project for MCU, right? Great, <laughs> Robert. Thank you so much for talking to us here on Below the Belt Show. This one's yeah, fantastic. Thank you. And if you could let us know who you are. Throw out some of your accolades and let us know you're on Below the Belt Show. Okay. Hi, it's Robert Duncan McNeil from Star Trek Voyager and the Delta Flyers podcast. And you are watching Below the Belt.